0: Welcome to Thriving Teacher Talk. I'm your host, Jillian Fernandez. I'm a former teacher from New York turned full time mom and teacherpreneur on a mission to help you create a profitable and sustainable income selling your teaching resources or services. I'm here to make your life easier by giving you the best advice, trainings, and mindset shifts to grow your business, and most importantly, save you time and sanity. Welcome back to another episode of Thriving Teacher Talk. Today, I had the privilege of interviewing Aubrey Malek. Aubrey is a boy mom, former teacher, and host of the Freelancer to CEO podcast. Through her podcast and programs, she helps overworked and underpaid moms and soon-to-be former teachers experience the freedom and joy that comes from designing a freelancing business with the skills they already have. After taking her own leap of faith over three years ago and replacing her teaching income within two months, she became passionate about helping other women start and grow their own businesses to 5K plus months from home. When she's not supporting her own freelance clients, still walking that walk or members of her own programs. You can find her looking for her next DIY project, binging her favorite reality TV shows or snuggled up on the couch with her boys. Let's get into how she started it all. All right. So I'm so excited to have Aubrey here. Can you tell me a little bit about how you started your journey to becoming a freelancer and maybe for people who don't even know what a freelancer is kind of like what that entails.
1: Yeah, it's always so funny because I've been doing this and been in this you know, quote unquote, online space world for three and a half years that to me, I find it so funny sometimes that I'm like, somebody will be like, what's a virtual assistant? What's a freelancer? And I'm like, Ooh, yeah. fresh meat. Like, yes, that's <laughs> what I love <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: finding somebody that doesn't know about it. But yeah, so a freelancer is basically an independent contractor. You're self-employed. You have your own business, whether that's through a sole proprietor or an LLC, and you support business owners to help them run their business. So instead of a business owner hiring a full-time employee where they have to pay the benefits and all that stuff, they just hire a freelancer who will come in and either support them for a one-time project or maybe will help them month over month to complete tasks that could be social media, admin, anything creative, like graphics, website, you could have somebody come in to help you support you during a launch. So Mm -hmm. they come in and like I said, they either pay you for that project, or if they want consistent help month over month, they would pay you for those monthly services. And how I got started in this was I was really just looking for a way to find a job that would allow me to work from home Mm -hmm. and be with my kids and have my own schedule. I really was never at a place. I mean, I really loved the idea of being at home with my kids, but I wasn't at a place where I was like, I want to stop working because I'm very goal oriented. I'm driven, I'm motivated. And I wanted to be able to contribute to my family. And we really weren't in a position where we could go down to one income. So I was always looking for ways. And sometimes that meant like tutoring kids after school, joining some different network marketing companies. And the one thing that I loved about freelancing when I found it is that it really was checking all those boxes of the things that I wanted, like not having to sell products or host parties (laughs) or do, or, or spend more time away from my family. Right. I could do it with my home on my own schedule. I could get up early And it all came about when I was seven months pregnant and I really was kind of at that tipping point where I'm like, it's now or never, like it's gotta right. happen. I was coming up on a maternity leave and I went into a mom Facebook group and posted like, Hey, I need to make money from home. Does anybody know of any work from home jobs? And I think maybe the helpful thing with this time that I did that, cause I had done that before. And I was always mm-hmm. like kind of inundated with those same responses. But this time I said like, these are the things that I've tried and I'm uh-huh. looking for something different. Okay. And so a couple comments down, somebody was like, well, you should look into freelancing. Like I think with your background and you had already talked about. Like, I think you would make a really great freelancer. And I was in the place where I was like, what is that? I've never heard right. of that
0: before. I'm sure a lot of and people so have never even heard of it. Right.
1: That, so. <laughs> you know, I put my research hat on. So I started researching, started listening to podcasts. So then my commute to, you know, school was listening to that and like just learning the language again, like being yeah. a teacher, I didn't know anything when it came to business. Like I knew what I knew about teaching. Right. And once I started like kind of immersing myself into this world. I was like, okay, this is, this is it. Like, I just felt something different about this. Like I felt like I truly could have control over this. And like I said, it felt very different from the other options that I had tried. Mm -hmm. And so I just decided to dive in. I started my business within a week. I had my first client and my first month I made $800. And I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) like, this is it. I've hit the jackpot, you know? And it really wasn't about like making all this money in the world, but I just truly felt like it was so different from everything I tried. And I also Mm -hmm. felt like I was really good at it because I started working with teachers online who had TPP stores. Actually, my first client was somebody that I had student taught with that, you know, we just stayed connected with on Facebook. And I posted about my business and she saw that and she's like, I'm actually just getting ready to make my first hire, but I'm so nervous. My business is my baby. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I need somebody for like 10 hours. Do you think you can help me? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So Mm -hmm. I really just found kind of my niche in there and really supporting them. And I felt like I was really in my lane too. So that's kind of how it all started. That was back in October of 2018. So, and then yeah. within two months, I like hit my first income goal, which was to replace my student loan payment and decided that I was time, like I, like, I was coming up on having my second son too. So I was like, all right, this is a perfect kind of bookend here to mm-hmm. kind of step away from this chapter and, you know, pursue my business completely.
0: That's so interesting. And now you help moms and teachers design their own freelancing businesses, right? So mm-hmm. how did that come about? How did you decide going from doing your own thing and kind of making income, doing it that way, how did you decide you wanted to actually help other people create their own businesses?
1: Yeah, it was not the in initial plan at all. Like I said, I two months in, I kind of had that first little bit of initial success. And then right. I knew once I was taking my business full-time, like even though, yes, I had a newborn, like I just was going to have more time on my hands. There's just more flexibility again to like Absolutely. do it in the pockets of time. So within four months, I replaced my monthly income that I was making as a teacher. And mm. I just would like share about it and talk about it on Instagram, not in like, In the perspective of like, oh, eventually I'm going to coach on this, just talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I had, I had a lot of people who like I had met in the online space that was, that were also doing freelancing say like, well, how did you do that? Like I've been doing this for this long and it hasn't happened for me yet. And so I just would kind of share what I was doing, what I thought, you know, what was attributing to my success. Mm -hmm. And at that year in Mark was when it was back to school time for me. And I felt sad yeah. I was like I know it's not I don't want to go back to the traditional sense of like a classroom but I right. I loved what I did as a teacher. That was like the really hard thing for me. It's like I loved teaching. That was my sweet spot, but I just wanted to do it on my own terms. So it just mm-hmm. kind of felt like a natural progression for me where it's like okay, maybe my impact, the impact that I'm going to have as a teacher is not with elementary students in the four walls of a classroom like maybe it's going to be supporting these moms and teachers. So it started with my podcast because I didn't really at that time even know what it looked like to like be an online coach or or create or anything like that. But I mm-hmm. knew from listening to podcasts, like that was kind of my start into it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if I just start a podcast and start sharing about what I have learned and what's helped me. And again, not from the perspective of I'm an expert at all, because at this point I had only been doing it for a year, but just Mm -hmm. sharing what I had gone through in hopes that it would help somebody. And the episodes that were the most downloaded were the ones where it was like more specific on like how to grow your freelancing business and how to get started and just different things like that. And so I was like, okay, I got to start following these like cookie crumbs that people are leaving me instead of like just trying to create all this different types of content. Like, why don't I just give the people what they're asking for? So it kind of felt like a very natural progression for me. And so at first, First, I, I really actually started focusing on helping those freelancers who already had their business scale okay. it to maybe where they could just reach that next income goal or if they wanted to replace their income or walk away for them full-time job. But as I started to, you know, grow online and started to make you know new connections, I had a lot of people who came to me saying, Well, I don't have a freelancing business yet, but I want to. Do you have anything for me there? And so again, I'm like following these cookie crumbs and I'm like, okay, yeah, like I should, yeah. <laughs> I should create something there too. So that's kind of how it happened. I don't know if it was like the right way to do it, like maybe, you know, I could have done it no, but probably it's a million different listening.
0: ways. And yeah. when you listen to people and you are still teaching, I mean, you're still giving it that impact and teaching now teachers and moms how to do these things. It's really incredible how you're actually like being a great influence over these teachers and moms. But why do you think that in general, teachers and moms would make good freelancers in particular? Like, why isn't it just, why do you target just teachers and moms in general? Why not just like everyone?
1: Well, I think it's, you know, a lot of, who I am. And like I mm-hmm. said, too, like, I it wasn't like I left teaching because I hated it. And I, you know, thought there was a lot wrong with it. Like, right. it was still truly like a part of me. And yeah. so for the longest time, I really just talked to moms because it was right. a. that's, you know, I wanted moms who felt like they were stuck in the middle and like felt like it was one or the other. And they constantly had to choose. I wanted to just open their eyes to the fact that it doesn't have to be that way. They don't have to choose. They can have both. And actually when I really started speaking more specifically to teachers, it took me a while to actually do that because I was really nervous of like the judgment talking about stepping away from the classroom and the reasons why I did that. I was worried that like people were going to be like, who do you think you are? You're a terrible teacher which happened. But when I actually started doing that was actually th- through being on TikTok. Becoming a teacher was a really great path for me and it mm-hmm. served me in the time that it did, but I saw a lot of people who maybe maybe life threw them some curveballs or maybe their circumstances changed and maybe at this time teaching wasn't the best route for them or maybe like their mental health was suffering. And I just wanted them to know like that it was okay. And that they're not alone in feeling like I've spent all this money. I have this degree. Like I have my master's degree in education. Like I did all those things and here I was stepping away from it. And so I just started sharing that about that on TikTok about you know, it's okay. If you feel this way, it's okay to feel this way. It doesn't make you a bad teacher. It doesn't make you a bad
0: person, despite yeah. what some and people I were feel on. Like t- a lot of people feel like they have to make that choice, right? Their students are so important. Mm-hmm. And I know that like, for me, when I was leaving teaching, I had to make that decision. And I felt like that guilt, you know, I wanted to be home with my daughter, but I also felt so guilty that I wanted to also be there for my students. You know what I mean? So you get, you have that like turmoil within yourself. Like I'm doing this disservice to my students because I'm leaving them, but I'm also leaving my child at home. So like you have to make a choice and you have to make Mm -hmm. sure that you're making the best decision for yourself and for your family. And I think that that's something that's huge for teachers and for moms in particular, moms who are teachers, right? Yeah, no. And that's what it was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. It was like the moms who were teachers. And and I felt that way too. It was a constant back and forth. Like if I got to school early, if I stayed late, if I was like pouring all this time into my classroom, then I felt like my family was suffering. And like, I only got to see my son for an hour because, you know, he was younger and they're, you know, they're only awake for so many periods of time. And then I would leave before he was even awake in the morning. So I would go some days with like 14 plus hours without seeing him, without laying eyes on him. I would have this switch where I'm like, no, that I'm going to be here only for my contracted time. times. Like I'm going to do my job. I'm going to put in my work. Like I'm going to show up, but I'm done like having my family suffering. And then I was at home, like playing with my son and I'm like, Oh man, like my students didn't get the best of me today. Like it just, it was a constant struggle. And I think yeah. when I first went into it, I really went into it with the mindset of I'm going to do this until my kids are in school. And then I'll go back. Cause again, like I loved teaching. I don't know if I feel that way now, <laughs> but I also I also didn't have to teach in a pandemic. So maybe that's like,
0: yeah, no, that's it's totally different lot. now, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there are a lot of horror stories you see now, especially on TikTok. I feel like that there's like this big wave of teachers who are leaving and mm-hmm. it's a totally different time. I feel like when you left, it was 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was right at the end, at, right at the end. That was the same year that I left as well. So I feel like just being able to not have to go through all of the teaching during a pandemic and after the pandemic situation, (laughs) which is absolutely insane. So now one thing that always comes up for teachers, especially who take like my courses and things is how to price their services. And I know this comes up with like a little bit of a mindset shift as well. So what kind of advice can you give about pricing and kind of overcoming that idea of like either no one's going to buy my service at all. Or no one's going to pay that much for my service because I know that like with imposter syndrome, those feelings of doubt, those things can definitely creep up on you. What kind of advice can you give for those types of feelings?
1: Yeah. The first thing I always tell people is, you don't always have to like go for this like super high mark and you can grow into your prices too. Mm -hmm. So if pricing is something that really feels uncomfortable for you, I think in general, like it teachers, like it does, like we have these hearts of gold, right? Like we're so used to giving, like going above and beyond and giving all our all to people that even for me, like shifting to online space and like, you know, it would be so easy for me to be like, Oh, I can just do that for you. Like no problem. But I also (laughs) understand that like my, my time is valuable. Just like the business owner's time is valuable too. So I think one thing that I tell people is like, you can grow into your, prices. You don't have to start out. If you see somebody who is charging a certain amount and you don't feel comfortable doing that, like start where you feel comfortable and allow yourself to grow as you gain experience. I think a lot of times we don't think that the skills that we have are valuable, especially if it's something that again, we would find simple to us, like something like you know, sending emails or scheduling or something that where it's like, oh, that would be so easy. One thing I like to tell my students is it's not necessarily about it, whether it's easy or not, it's whether or not the business owner needs to be doing that task. Mm -hmm. And if they are doing that task, it's probably not worth their time. So it's freeing up
0: time. Yeah. And so what could,
1: what could they do with that time? If you freed up an hour cleaning out their inbox or something, again, that you would seem, it would seem so simple that business owner could maybe go out and find a new student for their course, or maybe they could do a one hour coaching call. That's worth way more than what they, you know, what they're doing to pay you to do that. Again, it is about that mindset shift too. But one thing I like to tell people, especially if they get nervous about pricing is to have just a few different options and lay out those options to the client and allow them to decide what, what's the right price for them to like you give them options and they might say like, okay, based on what I need, like I might want to do your highest package and to not go into that conversation with any preconceived notions of like, they're not going to be able to afford this. And and what if they don't want this? Like mm-hmm. go into it, speak to your values, speak to what you do and then offer it to them and and just like sit back and allow them to make that decision too. A lot of times it's in our head thinking that people can't afford it and we don't mm-hmm. allow people the opportunity to actually tell us what they can or can't afford too. So that's another helpful tip too, is to have some differing packages because you might run into somebody who says like, you know, that's a little bit out of my budget, yeah, you know, but they might love you and want really want to work with you. And so you can say, okay, well, here's what I can do for that budget or I do have this other package, this will be a great place for us to get started. And then Mm -hmm. we can revisit this down the road maybe in a couple months. We might want to upgrade to that other package that you really had your eyes on.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. Now, do you actually do packages where you charge hourly as well, or do you just have like full packages where you do things monthly? How do you break down specific things or do you recommend doing things hourly and per package for people who are just starting out?
1: Yeah. So a lot of people who are just starting out, start out hourly, just because it's, it's easier for them to track. It's easier to quantify. And a lot of times if they're coming from that type of, like, maybe you're coming from a teacher, you might not be sure like how long something's going to take you. Maybe you already have a business. Like maybe you already are doing TPT and you know how long something takes you. And you can start out by just saying, here's my package. Here's my flat rate. And here's what's all included. Mm -hmm. I do like to tell people at some point, we want to shift away from hourly because as you get better, as you get more experienced, as you learn faster ways to do something, you are still providing that same value, but it's probably taking you less time. You don't want to necessarily be be penalized for the time it takes you. You want mm-hmm. to be compensated for your experience and the value that you bring. So that's kind of like the usually the natural progression that people start out with hourly, kind of learn the ropes, get a feel for how long something takes them and then they're able to shift to more of that flat rate so then they can have that consistency and they can have that income that they can depend on.
0: That's great advice. Now I've seen you show up on TikTok and Instagram and I think that you are amazing and I love how you've made such an impact. Can you tell us a little bit about how you continue to show up authentically and like in a genuine way and help to build relationships where teachers and like potential clients hang out, so to speak.
1: It really did start with me on TikTok. I was just saying this earlier today. I, I never thought I would be the one that's like talking about TikTok. And I don't necessarily think that it's TikTok in general. It's okay. really what TikTok brought out of me. Mm-hmm. So before I was on TikTok, I was doing the Instagram thing like a lot of people were doing. And I just felt very stuck. I felt stagnant. And I didn't feel excited to show up and talk about my business, which is not a place that you want to be with your business. You want to like show up in a way that feels exciting to you. So I had been on TikTok just as a consumer. And I just saw how much fun people were having and just following people who were t- on there talking about their business. It just felt more authentic to me. I'm not on here saying that you have to get on TikTok and dance, but <laughs> if you knew me in real life, like that is me in real life. And I'm not good at it, but I do it. Like I mean, <laughs> if you had a camera in my house, like I would be dancing around with my kids, just like being goofy. And right. so it ignited something in me and it, it made me feel a little bit like just more alive about it. So uh-huh. I think the lesson that I learned here is not that everybody needs to show up on TikTok, but more so that you need to find a platform where you feel like you can truly be yourself. Mm-hmm. I feel like on Instagram, we feel like we have to show up and it's got to look this way and it's mm-hmm. got to be the perfect feed. And cause that's kind of the, what we've seen with Instagram. And I know that they're shifting away from that now, but on TikTok, like I just saw people just showing up as they are and not having these filters and not having filters physically, like, you know, over your face, but also right. just in what they were doing and and sharing about and so it allowed me to just be myself and that's that's like the number one comment that I get from people which it's not like I'm trying to receive that but it's honestly the best compliment somebody can give me is that they're like I feel like I relate to you so much and I just feel like you're my best friend and I feel like who you are like online is who I would meet in real life and that's what I I want people to feel like I do know my stuff and I know what I'm talking about I don't want somebody to feel like oh my gosh, like she's got this whole like setup and like, she's perfect. And she's all like, I, I want to feel like somebody who's a friend that I'm just sharing advice with you. So I would say as far as that, like find somewhere that you feel like you can truly be yourself, whether that's, you know, through a podcast, whether that's through YouTube, TikTok, whatever that is, where you, where you get excited to show up because you don't have to put on this front or put on this filter. You can just be who you are. And that's Mm -hmm. really going to stand out to people. And honestly, I think video is one of the ways that you can do that because there's no hiding behind anything. Like it's,
0: Just you and the camera. Absolutely. I agree. And I do, it's so funny because I've I haven't been on TikTok for very long, but being on TikTok for the short amount of time that I have and I don't dance on TikTok. (laughs) But you do, I do feel like you can show up more authentically on TikTok. I do share more of my content over on TikTok than I do on Instagram because I do feel like Instagram is still a little bit more like rigid and Mm -hmm. like more aesthetic, even though, yes, like you said, it is trying to move more into like being more open and real and all of that, which I try to do my best on Instagram to be that way. But it still has that like feel like it's kind mm-hmm. of like more businessy, I guess, so to speak, like yeah. you want to be more a uh, business professional. And then on TikTok, it's more kind of like you're, you could do whatever you want. <laughs> right.
1: It's just like us hanging out like on Find a Friday night. Like what would, what would we get? Right. <laughs>
0: So yeah, I really do enjoy just showing up without having to worry about being like a business professional. If that makes sense, does
1: that? Yeah, make sense? absolutely. No, it does. I when you said the word rigid, like that's what I was thinking in my head as far as Instagram goes. Mm-hmm. Like we just have these preconceived notions, that even though if yeah. Instagram is trying to change, it's been that way for so long that it's really that's hard fun. to break out of that mold. And like even when I went on TikTok too, it was like nobody in my quote unquote, real life was following me over there. Right. So I really got to like, I got to start fresh. Like I got to show up as like that, like you're starting a new school, right? Like yeah. you just get to show nobody knows anything about you. So I just got to be me. It was so, re- it was so refreshing.
0: Yeah, totally agree. And if you could give some advice about teachers who also want to become freelancers, like one piece of advice, what would that advice be? Oh gosh. It's so, it's so
1: <laughs> hard to think about one piece of advice. I think one of the biggest holdups that I see a lot of teachers have in particular is just downplaying their skills and like their capabilities. Like just, again, we think that if it comes natural to us, it should come natural to everybody else. And we don't think that we have all these skills and talents and we do, we make amazing business owners. I mean, our classrooms are basically like a little mini business in itself. Like we're (laughs) juggling all the things we're keeping everything organized. We're like making sure none of the plates fall. Like that is basically what a freelancer is to a business owner. Mm -hmm. And so I would say just to have confidence in yourself and the skills that you have to offer and just put it out there because like, that's what I did. Like I didn't go into it with any expectation when I put this out there that somebody was going to hire me, but I knew that I, I had learned things from teaching, from implementing new technology. I had skills and it was just about believing that I could do it and that this could help another business owner, just like the skills that you have as a teacher helps your students. So kind of like just shifting it and almost thinking of it from that perspective, maybe that like your business owner is your student and you're going to help them and support them and help them reach their goals too. So it, it translates really well too. So I would just say to believe in yourself, the skills that you have and that you can make this a business, that it's not something that's Oh, this is so easy. Nobody would want to hire me for it. Like you have skills that business owners are dying, especially teachers who are like super organized and who, you know, were able to flip the script, script in a pandemic and start teaching online. Like (laughs) some business owners are still struggling to get online. So we have tons of skills that we can support people with.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Now I'm going to put all your links and all of that in the show notes, but can you let people know where we can find you, where we can be your best friend? And if people want to work with you, where can we get all of that information?
1: Yeah, so again, never something I thought I would say, but you can find me on TikTok <laughs> <laughs> pretty much across any platform. It's just my name, Aubrey Malik. That's my website, aubreymalik.com. I do have a podcast too. It's called Freelancer to CEO. It's on all the places. And then if you want to learn a little bit more about freelancing, maybe this was your first time hearing it and you're like, okay, this sounds interesting to me. Like I just want to learn a little bit more. I have a completely free training that goes into the ins and outs and really how to turn this into a business if it's something that you're interested in. So that's at com forward slash free training.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. This was amazing. I'm so glad that we were able to do this today and I can't wait for everyone to find you and watch your TikToks and connect with you on Instagram.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Watch the dancing ones. You'll get a good laugh. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me.
0: I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Let me know what you think by leaving a comment. If you're here on Apple Podcasts, you can actually leave a comment as a review. I would love to hear from you. Also, I would absolutely love if you would take a second to share about this podcast on your social media. It would mean the world to me if you took some time to spread the word about this podcast, if you found any value in it. I can't wait to chat with you next time as we continue to grow our businesses together. If you loved this episode, be sure to subscribe so you can catch all new episodes, leave a review if something resonated, or even just send me a dm thank you for letting me into your business and your life today we're going to love growing together as you create a profitable and sustainable income selling your teaching resources or services i'm so honored to be here to make your life a little bit easier with the best advice training and mindset shifts to grow your business and most importantly save you time and sanity i'll see you in the next one